0: Hello, world, and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelly Shearer, and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, would where I focus on not living in regret and forming high-functioning habits. I want to inspire you to transform your thoughts for a happier and higher functioning life. We are what we think, and we get lost in limiting beliefs. We don't eat well, we don't take charge of our money, manage our commitments, and then wonder why we are stressed, overweight, in pain, and unhappy with our lives. I haven't met anyone that can't change their mind. That's why I always say, see you on the flip side, as I want to journey with you on coming out the other side, side of what you might ask, well, that's up to you. Good morning world, Shelly Shearer here from Living Well with Shell, and welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here today. This has been a wonderful week, and I really want to talk about how this could affect something in your life about stepping out of our comfort zone. Now, what I'm going to talk about, there's a lot of people I know that would actually laugh and say, talking is never outside of Shelly's comfort zone, but speaking in public actually is a little bit, unless it's very specific to someone asking me a question and me just sharing knowledge. I have zero problem doing that, and I could probably do it in front of thousands of people if I was just specifically asked a question, because it's just sort of how I roll. But this uh, week I was able to, for the first time, do a public speaking engagement on my ebook, High Functioning Habits, and I have to say, as nervous as I was, and I've spoken about it the last couple of weeks, you know, I I had that big bash upside the head the week before with um, uh, a court thing where I had to speak in front of a judge, completely unprepared, butterflies were incredible, I was in complete and utter panic, thinking I can't do this, but yeah, you know what, it's funny, I was still alive at the end of it, it's funny how that works. And I believe I mentioned a couple of weeks back in the end of summer, when I was talking about my granddaughter who is, no grandma, I'm scared of this and I'm scared of that. And I just looked at her and said, you know, what's on the other side of your fear, sweetheart, everything you want in life. And that is no different for, for, excuse me, for us as, uh, as adults. In fact, if we could teach our children that much younger, uh, we would probably have a whole lot less issues as we got older. So what in your life are you're not doing because you're allowing fear And really, in some ways, you're in, you're just, you're just, um, uh, not introducing, you're inviting in regret because there may be something that you really want to accomplish or do in your life or do, and I'm not talking just about work. This could be a bucket list, a trip, something you just, maybe you've just always wanted to sing. Maybe you've always wanted to play a sport. Maybe you've wanted to compete against something. Maybe you've wanted to podcast like I do. Who knows? It doesn't matter what it is. The question is, what is holding you back? Because once I chose, and I speak about that in my ebook, which by the way, everything is now available at livingwellwithshell.com. The website is up. It is live. The links are live. Everything is there. Uh, there is a future blog going to be there, so that, that little spot's empty right now but my, my coach and his team have gotten everything organized and I just wanted to really put out some great gratitude to Adam uh, for all the work they have done over the last couple of weeks. He really felt it was important to have that website live and finally functioning <laughs> uh, when I did my first public speaking engagement and he does have a point because sure enough people immediately went to it, asked about it, even had an inquiry about it you know the next event someone else would like me to consider coming and speaking at, uh, at one of their um, networking events. And I was, you know, very, very excited about that. And these types of tools sort of needed to be there professionally so that people knew how to get a hold of me and how to get their hands on information. So gratitude, gratitude for that. It, uh, I'm very appreciative of that. You, however, probably do not need a website or something for something that could be sitting in your life. It could be something small, large, it does not matter. But your mindset is very, very important in how you perceive fear that you're hanging on to in your life. One of the examples I used in my talk yesterday was there are very few of us that don't have something, if we are a little more advanced in age, say over, maybe over 40 or over 35, that you can't think about in your teen or early 20s where you, you know, had a, a very different reaction, maybe even an overreaction to something that if that same situation presented itself today, you would laugh and go, yeah, no problem. But at the time, you know you did the best with the information you had and your complete lack of experience you panicked or you overreacted or you thought it was, you know, you made a bit of a mountain out of a molehill. Experience and wisdom can really help What's the word I'm looking for? Prevent those types of uh, um, reactions. But also repetition just simply does. The more times you put yourself in, I'm not, maybe I shouldn't use the word line of fire, but you know, in the hot seat, the easier things will get. One of my coaches in the past that taught me how to podcast has a, has a saying, repetition reduces resistance. And it is so very, very true. One of the things I talk about in my book and in my, in my presentation was the fact that we need, to, uh, we need to repeat things. We need to do them over and over again. We need to practice. It's very hard to have high-functioning habits work through your fear or... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Do something that you're... Even if it's perceived, you're afraid of if you do not choose it and then practice. And sometimes making a decision, I talked about this yesterday, being decisive is a high-functioning habit, and something you need to practice. Why do I say that? Some people come by decisiveness, wow, very naturally. I am actually one of those people. I am very fortunate in that making a decision, and my husband's pretty good at this as well, comes fairly easy. We do not hum and haw, unless I have let myself get myself worked up into a state of anxiety, or insecurity that a lot of the time is perceived and that I bring on myself. We are people that can usually make a decision. Give us some information. If we need more, we'll ask for it and we'll make a decision. Probably the toughest part of my personality is the fact that I had to learn to accept that all my decisions aren't going to be 100% and aren't going to be accurate. I had to accept that I make the best decision I could or can with the information I have at the time. That's why I'm such a proponent of change. (laughs) Changing your mind or altering a path does not make you a flaky individual. And if you have family members or friends that tell you that, please ignore them. Because they're probably stuck in some rut, because for people to actually say that is a 100% example that they don't have a freaking clue what they're talking about. Because people that do change, accept it, embrace it, work at these things in their life, are very aware of the process. The people that don't, they do not know what they do not know. Do not get caught up in their ignorance, that is not your life. People that usually listen to podcasts like this or to anything are usually people that are inquiring they are searching for information they are open-minded they're looking to learn new things and to absorb new information so definitely probably not people that don't have a clue okay so you are amongst that that group of people if you're listening to this podcast you are you're looking for information you're looking for answers you are exploring and that is a really really great thing so when we do have fear and such in our lives or we're living we're always afraid of regret we're not going to be as decisive as we should be and decisiveness has a number of uh, components to it so let's talk about a few of them so first of all some people like i say come by it naturally and if you don't You need to figure out your triggers and what you need to work on in order to be better able to make a decision. So, for instance, if you are a person that is completely overwhelmed with choices. My husband made a really good example to our girls yesterday. We were out by the fire pit. One of our students, excuse me, has had her sister visiting all week. And, uh, oh, she's she's leaving today and she's going to miss her something terrible. The two of them are really, really close and they're a country apart. She came from back east in Canada he was talking because I mentioned this decisiveness came up with someone that mentioned it to me after the, after the meeting that he encourages his clients. So he works in the business of, um, wholesale blinds, draperies, hardware, tarping, um, what's the other stuff? Reupholstery, that sort of thing. He's a wholesale salespeople person and he really encourages his drapery and what's the word I'm looking for uh, decorative clients to not open up their entire collection of choice books to clients without some quote-unquote qualification so he says I can walk into one of my drapery clients and they have a hundred books on the wall you know he's not their only supplier there there are other companies out there not a lot but there are other companies out there but each of those companies as well can supply 20 30 different lines that they carry and that can that's overwhelming to anybody never mind someone that can't make a decision so he is always encourages them find out about your customers likes tastes and then give them three options three to four books to look through that's it you do not open the wall up of a hundred books it is your job as the retailer as the person that's supplying this um, service to know your client and to help them narrow down their choices okay So that right out of the gate, I bring up that example because perhaps in your own life, what you need to do is to put in habits that address your inclination to struggle with decision-making. And you need to start with small stuff. Like there are people out there that can stare at the menu for 30 minutes. They can stare at a menu for 30 minutes in a restaurant. They've been to many times. That's crazy in my world. (laughs) I am the person that's zipping through. I can I immediately, my brain picks out what applies to me. Now, granted, I have parameters when I choose, so I'm just gonna stick with the menu. I have parameters when I choose, I'm a celiac. Uh, there's certain foods I just don't want to eat for health reasons. So right out of the gate, like my husband did, with the three or four books, you know, you do the pre-sorting. I've already got a mental pre-sort in my head before a menu is even presented to me. So I do not have to analyze every single thing item on that menu. And those are some things that you can practice. Preset disqualifications or qualifications that you want in certain situations are things you need to be cognitive of. And you practice using those parameters and then practice making decisions. And like I say, it can be something very small, like just a menu so that when you're making life choices of homes and careers and children and things like that, those smaller things can be applied to larger, more pertinent decisions. Okay. So like I say, decisiveness for me, really not an issue, but then for people like me, we have to accept that we make mistakes. You have to, there's an expression in investing that's called dollar cost averaging. And I've always been a big proponent of it. And our banker is aware that Keith and I are aware of this concept. So we are not those people that run out and lock in our mortgages at you know at a, at a rate so that we're, because we're so scared the rate might rise. We are people that have, we like fluidity. And we like to be able to access our line of credit. We don't want it capped off. So we have tolerated the fact that right now, interest rates are rising and we are definitely paying more on our mortgage but we have had 10 years of extremely low mortgage rates better than even some people that actually definitely better than people that locked in because we understanding the concept of dollar cost averaging. We know that over the 20 years we're still ahead of the game, even though we take a risk with fluctuations. Okay. You have to have that same sort of mentality in decision-making. You have to accept, Sometimes it's a you know it's an average out. You're going to make bad decisions sometimes. You maybe you rushed the decision, you were a little too impulsive, didn't do enough research, or quite honestly, you simply made the best decision with the information you had. But six months down the lo- road, you realize oh, probably should have done it that way. Well, do you know what? That's a learning experience. That is not a time for regret and beating yourself up. And that's what we tend to do as human beings. That tends to be our natural go-to reaction is to have this regret and think, hmm, I shouldn't have made that decision in the first place, blah, blah, blah. And then you just start, the story that you tell yourself just starts. And let me tell you, some people, that story is spectacular. becomes a full-length novel. Just one thing after another of, I'm going to joke about my podcast, coulda, woulda, shoulda, because... We have trouble accepting and moving on. Learn the lesson. Make a better decision next time. So one of the things we were bringing up to the girls was you have to be aware that you have to accept that things are not always going to be perfect. But when you get to the end of it, I have made more good decisions than the average person. And my life is further ahead than the average person because I took a risk. I took a chance, I made a decision, I chose to make a decisive action or um, decision in my life, and like when you roll the dice at a craps table, I had to accept the outcome of that decision. So this kind of a two-part here on decisiveness. If you're not a decisive person, you must practice. You must figure out your inclinations, how to manage your triggers, and how to reduce one your choices and reduce resistance to making decisions. If you're a person that's fairly good with decisions, but you are still putting things off because of regret and fear, you need to get past that and work on that in your toolbox. You need to work on accepting your choices realizing that we do not live in our past. Don't pitch a tent there. It is a road that we have traveled. There is so much learning, but we're on a road and that road is still going forward. So you pitching a tent or building a house in your past, don't do that. That's so counterproductive for people that want to be successful, want to be happy and want to be high functioning. Okay. That is just being stuck in regret on a gerbil wheel for the rest of your life and we we just simply do not want that so this was i walked into yesterday's meeting i had some nerves there was no two ways about it i was a little shaky when i stood up and but i realized one i got very lucky the room wasn't full (laughs) i know that's terrible but you know what it allowed me to make excellent eye contact and really relate with the audience and there were ladies there that i've gotten to know a little better over the last few months and now even more so because now that I've been the guest speaker you know we talked afterwards and everyone was just so supportive because of that I'm now looking forward to the next time but because there was less people there it wasn't as daunting sorry I, I sort of got ahead of myself there for a second it wasn't as daunting but the nerves were there and I accepted them I let them come they were not even close to the nerves of when I had to be in court the week before that was almost... I I couldn't even dr- get water down, I was just, my whole body was just tensed up so badly. So definitely not the case this time, this is the second time, and I was prepared for it. Plus, as my friends kept br- bringing up to me and my coach, Shelly, uh, those women are paying to be there and it's your material. That's right, I had to own that. The other thing that was kind of cute was my other girlfriend, she said, well the butterflies are there and now we just need to get them to fly in formation. <laughs> to me that kind of sounded like herding kittens, but you know whatever. Uh, but I had that visual in my head about the little butterflies flying in formation and one of the things that we when I got up to the podium is the podium wasn't um wasn't uh level it was rocking. So when my hands were on it moving my pages following my notes it kept tipping and I kept rocking with it. Now I have a terrible habit right from the days of um being a mom I rocking side to side like you're rocking a baby or if I'm nervous because I, you know, I say I haven't public, done a public speaking engagement before, but I actually, I've been doing a lot of presentations uh, throughout my life and I have actually done commercials and things. It was a favor for a client years ago that over um, my uh, eye surgery, um, LASIK eye surgery. Plus, I remember doing one for Bell Canada. It was never used in their ad campaign, but we all, there was a few of us that got chosen to, to do these, these shoots. And I noticed that I rock back and forth. So, these were all things that I had to learn to be aware of and stand grounded, but not lock my knees, uh, make eye contact, you know, the typical public speaking things pause, don't rush, you know, make your point, let people absorb, and then move on to the next thing. These are just all little tricks and tools that you just have to learn. But I still had this visual of the butterflies flying in formation. So when I was talking to my girlfriend, Cindy, later, I was, she's like, is that why you were rocking back and forth? I says, she says, you didn't do it for long. You stopped it immediately. And I said, yes, actually, in a little bit, besides that being a bit of a natural tendency for me, I was actually visualizing these butterflies swooping back and forth in my tummy. And so I'm rocking with them. And it's like, okay, nope, they can, they can be information, but I still, need to just stand still. So it was just funny, these little, little things you can do to help yourself through situations. Find the humor. Oh, for the love of God, find the humor, please life is really can be very very enjoyable and but it's not if you're not finding the joy in it in fact I made a point yesterday I was just you know these things just come to you you're in the middle of a point and someone in the room all of a sudden you just look at them and you think there's I can relate to a story there and we have this lovely woman in our group called Maggie and she's like in her retirement years she sings in a band she is super still very active She gets such joy out of life and she's one of those people I've been watching for the almost the year that I've been a member here who just always brings that joy to the meeting. She is always so grateful. She lives in gratitude for the things in her life and she's always looking for the next thing. Like what, you know, let's do something next. And that really struck me. She's very decisive uh, in this particular case about what she wants out of life and where her joy is coming from. And that, unto itself is not only probably a gift in her life, but it is a gift to everyone that she comes in contact with because it affects all of us. When we're around her, we're around her energy. And that is a spectacular thing. So because the room was smaller, I was really able to make that eye contact. I didn't need a a mic. I was able to just, I'm quite loud and, and can really project my voice. So I was able to engage everyone. In fact, I was stunned about how quiet that room was. Um, Or our area was in this restaurant, we're in a wing of the restaurant that closes, the dining room that closes down for our event monthly. And lots of times people are like whispering or they're making little comments. For crying out loud, rude as it may be, I've even caught myself doing it at times when people are speaking. Because they haven't really grasped my attention or they're not quite loud enough and I'm struggling to hear them. I was just so impressed how engaged everyone was for me. Uh, And how quiet the room was. And that in turn allowed me to feel very engaged with the audience. So it was just a wonderful experience. The reason I'm telling you all this is I went into it accepting, even though the butterflies were there, that, that no matter what happened, even if I locked my knees and fell over or my papers all fluttered away or I completely screwed it up or I was boring and everyone hated what I had to say, that it was going to be a learning experience. That's all. Not something I'm going to regret. I made the choice to do this. But it was going to be an experience. I was going to enjoy it, and worst-case scenario, it was going to be a learning experience. And it was all of the above. I cannot wait to do my next speak, um, my next talk. Actually, there's things I want to tweak, and there's things I got some great feedback about improvements I can make. And I'm just, I'm very, quite honestly, excited about that. I was quite charged with adrenaline when I got home. I'm not gonna lie. And my husband was just such a sweetheart. He was just. You know he's just was so proud of me and he just had no problem the girls were right there you know just giving me love and affection and that it just made it all such an amazing amazing day i want that for you in your life in no matter like i say whether you are a person that finds it easy to do something or not there are lots of things in life i don't find easy to do that is why i talk about high functioning habits because I need need to find ways sometimes of dealing with and coping with the things I'm not really good at, but really embracing the things I am good at. And I want you to do the same. Celebrate what comes naturally to you. Look up um, Discovery of uh, Sacred Gifts. Uh, Monique McDonald, I, I believe it's, I still, she's got a Facebook group and page. Discover what your tendencies are. I spoke about this actually yesterday. My girlfriend and I, Cindy, met many years ago. Bizarre as this may sound, we share a fiance, <laughs> not at the same time, but that is how we met. She was engaged to my ex-fiance before me. That was a bad experience for both of us, however, and through it, because of it, we became friends. But the year that we got to know each other and before we kept being friends, but were just in each other's sphere of influence, we had done this course called the Pursuit of Excellence, and the reason we did it was because of our ex, and it changed everything for me that course in my late 20s. I was 27 when I was engaged to uh, to Mark. My son was five and during that year of 27 to 28 was just a huge turning point, a huge turning point for me in my life. But that course taught me about our different personality traits, you know whether you're a controller, a promoter, an analyzer or a supporter, how you are in those you know formality levels or um, it's really the, the words not aggressive but sort of how dominant or Pushy, I guess, but that's not the word they use. I can't remember what, it, what what the word is they use. And these things kind of put you on a sliding scale. Needless to say, ten ten, I'm a controlling controller. I have definitely do not live in that quadrant like I used to. I am. I definitely have promoting, supporting, and analytical tendencies. Well, duh, I have a marketing background. I have the gift of service and hospitality, plus I'm an accountant. So I definitely have strong tendencies to the other quadrants, but my control and my need for order and formality was very, very high when I was younger. And I am really sorry about the noise in the background. That I did not notice in the past is my computer alerts and I need to fix that. Um, so I apologize for this podcast, I'm not going to redo it, but I will try and figure out a way to get that not interrupting us all the time when I'm doing my podcast. Learning, see? We just You just got to learn stuff and move past it. But what that course taught me, in specifically, besides all the other stuff, was the frame of reference that I viewed the world, the filter that I view the world through. Because we all do it. We're, we're raised with certain beliefs and we also develop our own, and then we see the world through that filter. And one of the things about, you know, changing habits and being more decisive and even just, you know, any of of the points I make in the ebook is understanding your filter, taking a step back and understanding why you see the world the way you see it, why you do certain things, why you have certain habits, because knowledge is power and understanding that will help you then take the next step of making a choice of how you want to behave and the habits you want to bring into your life. And decisiveness is just one of the five points of, you know, you need to understand your inclinations. You need to choose. You need to learn. You need to be decisive. You need to practice. These are all things that you've got to just keep working on in your life and repeat, repeat, repeat. Repetition reduces resistance. And the other point I talked about yesterday, though, that I'm not going to get into today was just recovery. You know, we, as human beings, we need to understand uh, the chaos cycle, and where recovery and healing and contemplation comes into things so we're not always in action crash, action crash. That's not healthy. So all of these things, these types of sacred gifts and the chaos cycle, pursuit of excellence, and you know, investing in myself has been how I got myself here today. Yes, I was a person that, in this particular instance, this podcast is about decisiveness could make decisions what I had to learn was even in the days that I made bad decisions or my past they were learning experiences and to move forward gain more knowledge and do better next time all right and I wish the same thing for you in your life you can check this out by downloading the ebook at livingwellwithshell.com and there's actually my coach, I don't know what it even sounds like. I think I might play it in the background right now while I'm working today. Uh, I narrated the ebook and that link is there as well. He, he's got it on iHeart Radio and he put that link in there for you guys. So if you are just like to listen versus to read right now, if that's easier, it just might give you some things to think about and uh, in, in your own life and things to move forward with. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you again for joining me today, and remember to focus on not living in regret. I invite you to subscribe to my show so you don't miss a thing. You can reach me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at either High Functioning Habits or Living Well with Shell. And I invite you to leave a rating on my show about what you like best, or message me with something you'd like me to speak on next. Remember, willpower will only get you so far, then you better have a plan.